Lord, you're so good. Anybody else surrendering today? Anybody else tired of fighting against the Lord and his will for your life? I don't want to fight against the Lord or his will for my life. I want to give in to God's plan for my life. Who can fight against the Lord? Who can fight against the king of creation? Who can fight against the one who makes kings and brings kings down? We can't fight against the Lord. We cannot fight him. We can only get on his side. We can only join with him in Jesus' name. I want to join with Jesus today. Thank God. I'm so glad you're all here. It feels great to worship together. I want us to go to the word quickly today because I feel in my heart God has a word for us today. Thank you, God. Matthew chapter 16, thank you to our musicians and our singers for helping it make it so easy for us to feel the presence of the Lord. It is so nice to have strong people who worship and give their heart to God. It makes it so nice for us to be able to come in here and have their support. God is so good. Matthew 16, 24 through 28, everybody say in Jesus' name. All right, anybody ready for the word today? Anybody know what happens when the word goes forth? It can change something in your life. Yes, it can. It can change something in your life. Thank you, Jesus. All right, Matthew 16, 24, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. He talks about what you'll get, and he talks about what you have to give up. It is a great exchange You will have to lose your entire life, and when you do that, you will get life. It will cost you your entire life, and then it will be an entire new life that you will get. It is a good deal. It feels like you're losing everything, and you are, but you're also gaining everything. It is a great exchange. This is a reality. There's no way around it. This is the truth today. Ladies and gentlemen, church family, we have to pay that price. But when we pay that price, we get that reward. And the reward is so worth the price. I know you've bought things that weren't worth the money. I know you have, and I have too. But this is worth it. I'm telling you, this is worth the price. This is worth everything we are. To get this life This eternal life is worth everything we've got to give up. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Verse 26. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. There will come a day that you will get the reward of what you paid into. There will come a day you'll get all the investment back for what you've given up. Anybody feel like you've sacrificed? There's going to come a day when you will get everything back and more. It is a great, reasonable trade today. This is a good deal. This is a good deal. Yep, verse 28, Verily I say unto you, that there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. He's coming back for us. It's not a waste of time. It's not a waste of resources. It is not a waste of everything you've given up. This is going to be worth it all. Everybody say yes. Amen. If you believe it, clap your hands to the Lord. Give them praise. Thank God. It's worth it all. All right. Now I want you to say this. Do not be afraid of what we have paid. I'm hoping I can encourage someone today. Do not be afraid of what we have paid. There was a a price we've paid. Don't be afraid of that price. 
a lot of people meet me and they think that what I paid was too much. But they don't understand what I got for it. I hope I can help you today. Everybody say in Jesus' name. And you can be seated today if you'll stay in the spirit and the word today. I'm going to switch over, I think, to test one, two. There we go. I may have to tweak that a little bit. I, I love, I don't know about you guys, I love the church. I love the church. I love coming to church. I love being here. And when I say I love the church, I mean I, I love the real church. <laughs> Some of y'all don't like the church because you didn't go to a real one. People watching online say, I don't really love the church. And when you find the real church, you will absolutely love the church. I'm not talking about the church that, that looks nothing like the Bible. I'm talking about the real church. The one where real life can be changed. Where there's victory and there's power. And then there's the love of God. And there's real truth in a very confusing world. I, f- I feel like we have truth. I feel like I could debate anybody. You know why I feel that way? Because I know the word of God. I've, I've never, ever been wrong when I was in the Word of God. Everything I've believed in this book that I can prove has come proven, has been proven. Anybody else seen that to be true? I'd put my life up against anybody's life. I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed man because I'm submitted to the Word. Everything I have that is good is because I gave in to God. I feel like I could tell anybody that what I'm doing works. And maybe you think your way that gets you to God works, but I would challenge you on that. If we're honest, I truly believe that that following the Word of God, this is the truth. And I'm so glad for truth today. I'm glad for a church I can come in and there's honesty in a lying world. We believe lying will put you in hell. What a nice place to go. A place where you know people don't believe in lying. Is anybody else glad you can do business with the members of AFC and they don't believe in lying? But people lie in church. Yeah, but we know they get caught. And we'll rebuke them and tell them it's wrong. Because this is the church. I'm so thankful for the church. I'm thankful for a church that has openness. You don't have to hide. I'll tell you where real judgment, real judgment's outside those doors. Nobody will judge you like the devil. Nobody will accuse you like people outside those doors. Nobody will try to kill you like people that don't have the Spirit of God in their life. People that really judge you are outside the church. I want to be in the church. I know people try to sometimes get on to us, but I'm really, really afraid of that world out there. When they get mad at you, they'll try to kill you. People in the church get mad at you, they just try to pray for you more. They, they bring you down to the front and try to pray for you. Oh, that's so bad, isn't it? This church is so rude, people actually pray for me and tell me I need to change and they they try to call my name out in prayer. Wow, they are so abusive. This church is amazing. I thank God for what God established on this earth. I thank God for the church. Anybody else thankful for the church today? You know why I love the church? I love the church not, not because we have it perfect, but because this is the only place we can preach truth to that flaw of imperfection. The whole world has problems. The difference is in this place, uh, we get to talk about it. We get to have truth fight against it. We have light against it. 
The whole world is wrong, but at least in the church we get to give chance to light, give hope to light. At least we can give light to that darkness. We're fighting back in Jesus' name. Keep going to church because we're fighting back in Jesus' name. Thank God. Good to see Amanda, right? Amanda, good to see you again today. So happy she's here. People say, um, people say well, I, I go to a spirit-filled church. And I'm like, oh, cool. What kind of spirit? I want to tell you right now that, that you did not walk into a spirit-filled church. You walked into the Holy Spirit-filled church. A lot of churches have spirits that I don't want to be around. A lot of churches are full of spirits, but I only want to go to the one that's full of the Holy Spirit, the pure spirit, the righteous spirit, the clean spirit. And if you really want to mess with folks, tell them, I go to the Holy Ghost filled church. Stand back, extremist. Why uses that word? Are you trying to run away all the guests? Hey, they like Harry Potter. Hypocrites. Ain't running off nobody. People love ghosts. They got TV shows about it, movies about it. People love ghosts. This is the only real one that can change your life. This is the only one that's real, that you can feel, that will bless you and not scare you. This is a holy ghost-filled church. Praise the Lord. You want to shake somebody up? Use those two words. Holy and ghost. Holy means pure, godlike, clean. It is a wonderful word. It's not a cuss word. It's not a bad word, not a scary word. No such thing as too holy. That's a lie from the devil. No such thing as holier than thou being in negative connotation. Holier than thou is saying more godly than thou. And that is not a bad thing. That's a good thing. The holiest person in the room is the most loving. Do we need to have a Bible study on holiness? Holiness is the best way to describe our God. It was a holy God that died on a cross. It was a holy God that died on a cross for sinners. If you're truly holy, you are the most friendly. You are the most good. You are the most well-balanced. You are the most clean person. You are the most like God. Anybody who doesn't live and act like Jesus is not holy. I don't care how many skirts they have on. I don't care how high their, high their hair is. I don't care what they look like on the outside. If they don't live like Jesus and love like Jesus, then they are not holy. Holy ghost filled church. Ghost. Ghost. That's scary. Ghost. No, it's not. Ghost just means the spirit of one who died and their spirit remains. Can somebody say Jesus? Anybody know that he went down and on the third day he came back up and his spirit remains? He said, I will send back the comforter and he will dwell with you and live inside of you. Is anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost? Anybody thankful for the ghost that is real and alive? 
Ghost just tells me that Jesus is alive. Ghost just tells me that Jesus came back. He sent back a spirit. Pastor, be careful with all these scary words like holy and ghost. Don't you know that's not the way to grow the church? It's in all the latest books. If you really want to grow the church and increase all the financial giving and buy a yacht, you've got to do it different. Sorry, that's not my motivation. Trying to please the Lord here. Okay, let's talk about this this friendly, guest-friendly church for a second. We are not a friendly church because we had a class about church growth behind closed doors. We put our best salesman at the door, the front door of the church, to win you over and trick you into church membership just to prove to you later that the majority of the people here aren't really friendly. Pastor, I have an idea. Let's take the five friendly people at AFC and put them out front. So when people walk in, they'll think we're friendly. Just to have them come in and nobody talk to them when they get into the pews? You want to have a truly guest-friendly church? Then have a God-friendly church. The only way to change the, the structure of how people are friendly inside of a church is to get the Holy Ghost filling us because the Holy Ghost is a friendly ghost. Before there was a Casper, there was Jesus. And the only way to have a truly guest-friendly church is for people to be baptized in the Spirit of Jesus. Because then and only then will they truly love people that walk in those doors and come in here with all kinds of problems, habits, and hang-ups. We've got to have the Holy Ghost leading us. We want God in this church. Furthermore, a church that is holy is the most friendly church. It's sad that there are churches that have the name holy on their sign. And when you walk in, everybody looks like death. (laughs) Welcome to the holiness church where sinners are shunned. We will teach you a lesson. Because by the way we treat you, we'll force you to love God. And if we treat you like you're a sinner, it will make you all of a sudden want to love Jesus. It's sad that in our day, in our culture, when you hear the word holiness, church, you don't think good things. All you think is a list of rules and things that aren't right. Oh, how sad that is that we have let people who don't truly know the word of God define biblical words. To be holy is to be like Jesus. Remember when Jesus sat with sinners? Remember when Jesus went and found them? And he sat down and had dinner with them. <laughs> because to truly be holy is to not be infected by the dirt. And if you're really holy, you can hang out with folks that are not holy and not become unholy. Hey, let me, let me give you a quick test to prove you're not really as holy as you think you are. When you hang out with unholy people, you become less holy. That was just a way for you to find out that you're not nearly as holy as you thought you were. Because only really truly holy people can hang out with people who are unholy and not change or compromise. Well, I'm holy, therefore I can hang out with people. No, when you're with them, you're not the one preaching, they are. 
When you're with them, you're not standing your ground. They're standing their ground. They're backing you in the corner. You're not the one preaching. You don't have the dominance of the conversation. They are the ones reaching you. You are not reaching them. Jesus did not go hang out with people just to talk about sports. He hung out with people that were sick and broken and desperate. They didn't talk about fishing and hunting. They talked about how they needed saving and how they needed healing and miracles, signs and wonders. A lot of our outreach these days is just an excuse to go hang out with people that are just like us and call it outreach. It's not outreach. It's just you getting an excuse to compromise without feeling guilty. Holy people can hang out with anybody and not be swayed one bit. Now some of this preaching is not for our guests. This is just for our members today who claim to have the Holy Ghost inside of them. We good so far? I say this. I say, who cares if we're friendly if our God is distant? I don't want to just be a friendly church that guests can come in and think we're the gods. I want them to come in here and recognize that there is God in this place. I want them to see more God than see my smiling face. I want them to walk in this room and feel the presence of the Lord and see that something is happening that cannot be explained at the church like the church down the road. I want them to know that Jesus is here. I want them to feel his power. I want them to not just find a friend, but a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We will always be a God-friendly church first, and everything else is second. The reason why we're a holiness church is because when the Lord is here, people want to meet Him. And when this place stops being a holy place, then God stops moving. And we will begin to add in more music and theatrics to try to create an atmosphere that seems like God is here. And every church, mark my words, that has to add all of that in has lost the anointing. And that's why they felt the pressure to do it. Because the crowds stopped coming. They don't come because we're friendly. They come because God is here. They come because they can feel and see and notice the anointing of God's presence that they read about in the Bible. And they're looking for God. They're not looking for somebody friendly. There are atheists that are friendly. They're looking for God. They're looking for truth. They're looking for the supernatural. Being friendly is fleeting. Anybody can be friendly to get something out of you. And then there are people like, wait a second, is this a Pentecostal church? <laughs> I, I, probably would have been, I probably would have been an actor, honestly, if I, I really enjoyed church dramas when I was growing up. Barabbas, Barabbas. I don't want to channel my inner church actor. Oh, uh, what, what type of church is this? Oh, Pentecostal, I've heard of you. Pentecostals. Oh, I know who you are. You're the ones that make the women dress funny. And you love to play with snakes. Oh, yes. That's us, thanks. Uh, great reputation. Here I am. I didn't ask for this. I was just raising this, okay? I didn't ask for this reputation. 
I wish I could go back 50 years and we could change some things. I wish we could be known as something more. Kind of wish people would think of Pentecost and think of miracles. Kind of wish people would think of Pentecost and think of life change. Alcoholics being set free. Drug addicts being set free. Marriages coming back together. Yeah. Yeah. When I think of it, of Pentecost, I don't think of a bunch of women wearing dresses. I think of marriages coming back together. Men are men. Women are women. I think it's a place of freedom and joy and liberty. I think it's a place, a safe place in the world. I think there's hope here. I think there's truth here. I'm sorry if I don't define Pentecost like you. I found a whole lot more in Pentecost than dresses and snakes. I found the power in the anointing of God. I found Holy Ghost. I found so much more than just that. I see more. I found more. I'm sorry if that's all you see, but I I see so much more. That's right. You ought to praise God. You ought to be thankful for what you found in the Pentecostal church. I will not apologize for being Pentecostal. We have had our problems, but we are working on them every day. Look at the trajectory of the Pentecostal church. We figured it out and got better. Everybody else wants to compromise, but not us. We said, yeah, we were a little legalistic back in the day, but God help us baptize us with more love. Help us figure out what to do. God, I want to be holy, but I want to be loving. God, give me balance. Lord, Spirit, I want to follow you, Holy Ghost. Show me the way. And if you'll watch the Pentecostal church, we're the real spirit, Holy Spirit-filled church. And the Bible says the Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. We've been on a journey for the last 50, 60 years, church. And you know what? I think we figured some stuff out, and I will not hang my head down being a Pentecostal. This is so much more. This is so much more. I say this to people that ask me, what kind of church are we? I say, well, we are, we are Pentecostal to our, at our core, but Pentecost has changed a lot. Technically, we're the real church in the Bible. Because we are much more than an experience that happened in the Bible. We are everything the Bible says we should be. Our desire is to completely copy what is in the Scriptures and to follow the call and the will of God. Everything that's there, we want to be it. I am much more than a Pentecostal. I am much more than someone who experienced the day of Pentecost. I've experienced the day and the day after and the day after that day. I've went on to Acts chapter 3. I went to Acts chapter 4. We've seen the blinded eyes open in Pentecost. We've seen the dead raised. We've seen all the things that real Pentecostals ought to see. This is the church oh and I'm excited about it and I'm not ashamed about it so check this out y'all it sounds kind of weird to say it but uh, people go church shopping what am I in the mood for what is that about church shopping I guess I don't blame them. You don't want to go to the wrong church. I'm kind of thankful that you're church shopping because that means you value the truth. You don't just go to any church because we all know that there are false churches. The Bible tells us there are false prophets. 
So I don't just go to something that looks Christian. I have to measure it with the Word of God. My only advice to people who are shopping for a church out there is please take your time and do your research. Many just don't stay around long enough to see if the church they're shopping for aligns with the Bible. They just try to see if the church that they're visiting fits them. Well, I'm going to go try out this church down the road and see if it fits my belief systems. Oh, no, this church does not fit the way I think God should be. So I'll leave and go find another. I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. We don't go look for a church and try to find the church to fit us. We get into the church and we fit it. There's only one kind of church that's biblical, only one kind that's right, and you don't get to go find the one that fits you. Then you're the God of the church. You've got to go find the church that's real, and you've got to acclimate yourself to it. You don't get it to control. You don't control it. It controls you. You fit into it. You don't go shop for a church that lets you get away with sin that the Bible says you can't get away with. What are you doing? church is at the mercy of the Bible. We, we don't get to make up things. What type of church do you go to? The biblical one. What are you talking about? Call me what you want, but if it's not in the Bible, I'm not going to do it, and we're not going to preach it here at AFC. Our church is in a great location here, uh, right on the highway. Lots of people come in. They pass by. They say, well, I just wanted to try your church out. wanted to come see what it's all about. We get it all the time. And I just like to kind of say right here, our church is a little different from other churches. A little different. It's just a little different, just a little teeny different. Yeah, and I don't mean like, that's right, Pastor, our church is the bomb. I'm not talking about like that kind of different. I'm, I'm like, our church is unique compared. Anybody say amen to that? Like we get some looks when folks walk in our church. I mean, once they get past the tacos and testimonies, it's like. Should we leave? Let's leave, yes. Yep, I know, I've seen it all the time. I can't tell you how many times I've seen guests walk into our church and not finish the service and walk out and leave. All my life it's been that way. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people walk in broken and been set free too. Hey, you can't have, you, it takes both. You can't just pick one or the other. You've got to have both. The Jesus that sets free is the Jesus that offends. You've got to have both the lion and the lamb. You can't pick, you can't cherry pick a la carte what you want from God. You get it all or nothing. So I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. We get some looks though, y'all. We get some looks. All right, so when you go buy a car, I don't know if y'all like buying cars. I hate going to dealerships. Boy, they are smooth. They got all these tricks to, to sell you, and it works. It's so good. I'm like, how much is the car? Way over there across the parking lot. He's like, sir, I don't even know. We have to go look and drive it before I can even find the price. Mm, okay, I trust you. They don't want to tell you what it costs before. They're sneaky. They want you to get in there and feel that, that vibrating leather massager. I don't care how much it costs. Sign me up right now. 
They, they want you to try everything. They want you to fall in love with it. And then they're like, let me go see what kind of deal I can get you. And I'm like, I don't even care. Just interest me. I'll pay for it for 40 years. I just love this thing. <laughs> yep. They want you to fall in love with it before you find out what it will cost you. Because they're afraid that if they tell you the price up front, you will immediately judge that you can't afford it. When that's not true, we buy what we want. You will go about Starbucks if you have to to get the right car. Don't talk about how I can't afford it. That just means you have to give something else up to get it. I'm already preaching to somebody right now, aren't I? Their whole agenda is to try to get you to experience it and not talk about the price. Because once you try to talk about the, the price, it begins to go through your mind the whole time. What, what, this is not going to work. I, I can't afford this. And they get in your mind. And the whole time you can't even enjoy the experience of the ride because you're thinking about how much you're going to have to pay for it. So there's a tactic to how salesmen work. That's how the world does it. That's not how the church does it. The first thing people notice, just give me a little time this morning. I think you'll have a good time with this. The first thing people notice when they come in church probably is, come here, Brother Hugh, come up here, is how nice dressed some of us are. Dun. Cue the music. Dunk, Man, I walked out in the hall the day. I was like, men's warehouse magazine has just walked up in the church. That's sharp right there, man. Is it Tracy? Lucky girl. Yeah, we got some nice dressed people. And that's one of the first things we walk in, they go, oh, I think I'm too casual for this church. You know, most, most every church has, is nice. They have coffee. They have some tacos and all that. But these days, man, churches are getting so casual. Pastors these days have skinny jeans on which I don't believe in. Uh, mine weren't skinny when I bought them, so. Can some of y'all laugh in the teenage group? Do I have to put this on TikTok to get your attention? This stuff's funny, y'all. Because <laughs> I'm not beating up somebody on TikTok. They can't laugh. <laughs> This is real comedy up in here. And the, the, these days the pastors will wear like Jordans and they don't even play basketball. Okay. That's funny. If anybody needs to be wearing some Jordans, it's me. Okay. Jesus. Jesus. If anybody needs to be breaking out the tennis shoes and the pumps, it's the Pentecostal church. Because ain't nobody jump and shout and run aisles like us. We up here looking like we're going to a funeral. I came to celebrate. <laughs> I got air in mind. See, you don't even know about these Kohans. You got to go hybrid sometimes. Got to be ready for this. Yep, around this church there's running and there's praising and kicking legs, jumping with joy, and I think we need to be the ones wearing the basketball shoes. 
We are more formal here at our church compared to most churches around here. Austin's a very casual city. I respect that. And honestly, I wouldn't mind being more casual if it didn't get in our hearts. Because sometimes you are what you dress, and sometimes what you put on can get into your heart. And, and in fact, I would say that's very true. In fact, it was Paul Harvey that was in a, he was a news uh, radio anchor for many years, that he would get dressed up in a full suit, go down to his basement, and go on the radio. Because he said what he wears affects how he thinks. But that's probably one of the things that is one of the first things people notice when they come to our church and they go, whoa, they still dress up? Weird. I got you. But let's talk about the elephant room. That's not just that we dress up, but usually this is picked up by women. Why are all the women in skirts? What did I just walk into? I feel like I just walked into a 1950s Hallmark movie. I don't know if I belong here. <laughs> yeah. And this is the things that people think about. All right, where's Caroline? Let's mess with her tonight. She wants to talk trash about me all the time. Come here, Caroline. Come up here and stand. Give her a big hand. Come stand up here, right there. Thank you. I won't keep you all long. I just want to embarrass you for a second. Okay. Sometimes our guests are like, oh, I could never do this. You know what's happening? They're looking at the price before they've even fallen in love with the product. They're like, oh, that's a big payment. I can't afford this. Whew. You hadn't even finished driving the thing yet. You've already made your mind up that you can't have it. The next one is we're a church that's loud. <laughs> yeah. See, I just say stuff like that. People are like, yeah, pastor. We're a loud church. People aren't used to that. They come up here like, okay, okay. Everyone shouts in this church. Where are my earplugs at? Praise the Lord. Man, who's somebody loud I can bring up here? Carter's kind of loud. Joe, Joe, I thought of Joe too. Where's Joe Rhodes? Come here, Joe. Come on up here. Praise God. Praise God. Well, the Joe don't play. He's loud. Come on up here, Brother Joe. Look at him acting all modest like he. There you go. Okay, that's back. I'm glad Brother Joe is loud. If you only knew where the Lord had brought him from. If you only knew what God has set him free from. If you only knew what the Lord had done, you'd be loud too. You'd be shouting too. You'd be running too. If you only knew that only God could have done it, only Jesus could have set him free, you could not be quiet. You think we look crazy because you don't know our stories. You don't understand what God's done for us. I did not teach these people to be loud. Jesus set them free. It is the natural response of the free people to shout and dance and celebrate and rejoice and to give God praise for what he has done. The Bible says that our God loves to get in the midst of our praise. <laughs> Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. 
So you know what? The Bible said it, and we were curious if it was real. So guess what we did in the church? A long time ago, our church started getting together, and we said, what if we praise God again today, this Sunday? I wonder if God will move. And there it go. He moves. And then the next Sunday, we got together again and said, I wonder if he'll do it again. And then we realized that this was a pattern. Our God is faithful. Every time we gather in his name and every time we praise, he begins to move in the midst of his people. And we figured it out the hard way over lots of decades of trial and error that every time we come to church and we're loud, God begins to move in the atmosphere. I don't just do this because the Bible said it. I do it because the Bible was tested and the Bible was right. How do you know it's God, not just your emotions? Because I come in here and shout and I begin to feel peace. And my God is peace. I begin to feel joy. And my God is joy. I begin to have healing. And my God is healing. I begin to feel encouraged. And my God is an encourager. You think I'm crazy for shouting? I think you're crazy for not. If you do it too, our God is no respecter of persons. And anybody that can praise the Lord, the Holy Ghost will begin to move. On the quiet folks, he'll move on you. On the white folks, he'll move on you. On the black folks, he'll move on you. On the Hispanic folks, he'll move on you. Pastor, I don't know about this church. I could never do that. That might cost me. You're looking at the price, not the product. Next one. Pastor gets up and says, it's time for us to bring our tithing and our offerings. And our guests are like, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm telling you don't do it. It's a trick. He's trapping you. What are y'all doing? Put your money up. Don't you know that man needs to go work at McDonald's like everybody else and then be at your funerals in your own? Don't you know? Don't you know you need him 24-7 and working a full-time job? That's better. Put it up. It's a trick. God's never going to bless you. That's what they're thinking. They've never done it before. They've never done it, and I don't blame them. The thing is, is they hear us and they think we're crazy. But they don't realize that, that I've tested the theory of whether giving to God's kingdom works. And it's always worked for me. It's always worked for my wife. It's always worked for everybody that's told me that they do it. Everybody that does it, God blesses. God uses. God flows through. I know it may seem scary on the surface, but I've tested it, and it works. Amen. Come up with Jose. Just be standing here for as a faithful giver. He's a faithful giver. Thank God. Thank God for faithful givers. And so they come in here and they go, whoa, whoa, 10%. That's a lot of money. Y'all, I don't even feel it. Oh, well, now you're a pastor. You're, you know, you're on a manager's salary now. You probably make more. Yeah, I do make more. But guess what? I, I, most of my ministry for 15 years, I did not. I made very little from week to week. And I still gave my tithing. And I still gave my offering. And God made us blessed. Hey, look at me. I didn't get no bailouts from my dad. I had another father. He's got a lot more money than my daddy. And he took care of me. 
I know what the devil will put in your mind. It's not true. Our family's always had enough because we gave. And right now, you're new and you're looking at us going, this is crazy. This church does that. Y'all, I don't even think about it. That, that's not my money. It's not my money. It's so easy now for me to give. I know some of y'all, you've never done it. All you got to do is start this. Start 2% budget, then go 3, then go 4, then go 5, and work your way into it until you hit 10. And you'll get to the place in life where it's just another day. And you will look at your, am I right, Brother Jose? You'll look at your money one day and realize one day you look back that I'm getting a whole lot more now than whenever I did before. And I still get to give to the kingdom. And you're saying right now, I don't know about this church. They're crazy. The cost is too high. But you're looking at the price. Finally, last one, and i got to hurry and quit. This is perfect timing. We don't get out at 12. <laughs> Who's somebody in this church that you stay around talking and we got to wait on you to lock up? Come on, tell on somebody. Who's one of the last ones? Who? Who? Sister Cooney, come up here. Come stand in for all the people who love to be a church. Let's give her a big hand because she loves the church. This is not embarrassing. I salute her. She loves the house of God. She wants to stay here and visit and talk because she was raised in this. This is the power of God. <laughs> oh, no. No, we stay at this church and we pray at the end of service. Everybody else is saying, you better hurry, I'm hungry. And we've had guests, we've had guests. Y'all Remember back in the day we used to go to like 1 o'clock and then dismiss, right? We had people leave. They were like, nope, this is lunchtime. <laughs> Sorry, not for us. We have meat that you know not of. Hey, I'll stay here and baptize every one of you all afternoon and not take one snack break if I have to because this is about the kingdom. We're not like other churches, and it looks like it's so expensive, and it looks like you can't afford it, but you don't know the product. <laughs> Woo, praise God. I can't tell how many times I have went into the restaurant and the Baptists were staring at me like, take that. And I'm looking at them like, I'm so jealous of you. I'm starving. 45-minute wait. Now, I don't have that problem in Austin because nobody goes to church around here. So. I just walk in, sir, here, we're glad to see you again. Come on in, here's a table, it's ready. But boy, back in Dallas and back in Tyler, oh, especially East Texas. Boy, East Texas, Spring Creek Barbecue was full with everybody over the age of 60 with little gray hairs. I'm telling you, they let out at 11.59, and they were there at 12. And we get there at 12.31, and it'd be like, there's going to be a wait, sir. And I'm like, of course, because we stayed and we prayed. And we never changed, and we never rushed out. Why? Because we're just different like that. We care so much about God's move and God's kingdom that we're not in a rush to leave when the clock turns 12. All right, I'm almost done. Let me close. Y'all can go down. Let's give them a big hand. We appreciate you guys. Awesome. Keep shouting. Keep giving. Keep dainty jeweling. Good job, Sister Caroline. Good job, Brother Hughes, Sister Cooney. I look forward to seeing you for the next couple hours, Sister Cooney. 
All right, let me get to my close today. First of all, listen, I cannot hide my testimony. I'm sorry. For everybody saying, be quiet, sit down, and shut up, I cannot. Paul told the saints in the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians 3 and 2, you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. I will not be silent. I've got a story to tell. I will not be quiet. I will speak. I will preach. Don't tell me to sit down and be quiet. I am a letter. I've got to be known. I've got to be read. I've got to share my story to the world. Secondly, I cannot hide my identity. 1 Peter 2 and 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I will not hide who I am. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God. I'm not ashamed. I'm not quiet. I'm not worried about what people think about me. I have found the best life. I have found the blessed life. I am not afraid one bit of what anybody thinks about me and what I believe and my standards and my wholeness and how I live and how I give. I don't care what anybody thinks. I know my God. I know the blessings on my life. And I refuse to be quiet and hide my identity. I am a royal priesthood. I am a chosen generation. Thirdly, lastly, I cannot hide my sacrifice. Well, I don't want anybody to know what I give up because they might not want God. Oh, oh, you missed it. That's not true. Romans 12 and 1. Singers, I can hear you. Let's try to be quiet. Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. I might be sacrificing, but I'm very much alive. I might be giving some things up, but I am very much alive. And I've got to present this body of sacrifice. This body of sacrifice is holy, acceptable to God, and this is my reasonable service. I can't hide what I give up. I refuse to cover up the cost. Because Romans 12 and 2 says, do not be conformed to the world. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. You need to look at me and see that I've given something. Y'all hearing me? You need to look at us. Ladies, young ladies, the world needs to look at you and see that you've given up. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Every day you put that dress on in this, in this community of this world, they look at you and say, you're not like this world. And you hold your head up high and say, no, I am not. I am one of the chosen generation. I'm one of the royal priesthood. I gladly sacrifice my life. I have nothing held back, nothing I'm worried about. Matthew 16, 24, bring it back up. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus Christ, possibly the worst salesman in the entire history of the world. Hey, come on in, everybody. I'm Jesus. I want to tell you all the cool things you get. At the end, I'll let you know a few small things you've got to give up. What are you doing? 
Jesus, do you want to win people over or not? Because Jesus called the cross the price. Then he explains the benefits. What's under the blanket, Jesus? Oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. We'll get to this later. Just want to tell you what you can get. Good days. Cheerful sunshine. Everything's fine. Do you love me now? Okay, okay. Now that you love me, now that I, I've sold you and I've won you over, now let me show you what the cost is. I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Don't leave, don't leave. I'm so sorry. I did not mean to offend you. Know what you're thinking. Now that you've seen that you have to give something up, you probably don't think it's worth it. But on the contrary, <laughs> to Jesus, this is not just the cost. This is also the worth. He said here, take this. And if you take this, you will lose your life and then you will find it. You have to die. Listen to me. Don't clap yet. You have to die to your desires to find life. Jesus did not cover the cross up with heavenly sales tactics trying to pull a fast one on the people. He was absolutely up front about the price and even a little bold too. But why did he do it this way? Because to Jesus, the cross doesn't just show how much we have to give up. It also shows how much we shall receive. When you look at the cross, you see all that you have to give up. But I see everything I get. Because how do you know something is worth it? determined by how much it costs. Oh, I love this car. This is the best car in all the world. I just don't understand why it costs the most. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You understand that the higher the price, the greater the reward. And we for too long have hidden our sacrifices because we thought it was a turnoff. But I come to declare to you and especially guests around the world, when you see us give something up, I am testifying not just to the cost, but to the worth. You pray how much, Pastor? That's exactly right. He's so worth it. You give how much money, Pastor? Yeah, you're right. He's so worth it. 
You traded your whole life in for it? Yes, I did. Because he is so worth it. A church that refuses to sacrifice serves a God that is not very big. Don't feel sorry for me. Just look at the look at Jesus. He's so worth my cross. I know when you see me carry this thing, all you think is, oh, poor pitiful him. Look at how much he had to give up. You don't understand. I'm not crazy. I didn't just give this up. I gave it and it was reasonable. I gave it and it was good. I gave it. It was fair. Everything I did, I did because he's worth every penny. Do, do not, do not, do not be afraid of what we've paid. Woo, this church, you guys are pretty extreme. Yeah, we are. Wow, these people really give up a whole lot. Movies and television, do you even have any fun? Oh. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to someone right now. Oh, this holiness stuff, you guys do. You don't dress the, like the world and you give things up. You don't go to this. And like our family doesn't go to water parks. We love water parks. We don't go there. We don't think it's a good atmosphere personally. We just don't go. Oh, you poor things. I, I wish your kids could go to water park. They're missing out. I agree. I went to them when I was younger. I think they're amazing. But we don't. We give it up. Why? Because we're crazy? Because we're legalistic? No, because Jesus. He's so worth it. I, I am not ashamed of what I've given up. In fact, I boldly proclaim what I give up for my God because I say he's worth it. To you, it might not be worth it. To you, it might be religion or legalism or you might do it to feel saved. I do it because he's so worth it. I'm telling people today, I'm telling people watching online, do not be afraid of what we paid. Lord spoke to me clearly and said what's wrong is that we think something is wrong with us because we've paid so much but the Lord asked me last night Haley and said why did you pay so much and I said because he's worth it is he is he is he what are you worried about then what are you worried about y'all why are you worried about your sacrifice? The reason why you don't want to pay the price is because you have not finished the test drive. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I got it, Haley. Let me finish, and then, I'll, then you can pray. We'll pray in a minute. Thank you, sis, for supporting this cross right here. This may look like something that you don't want in your life, and I'm telling you, I'd gladly pay it. 
Don't you ever look down at what you've given up for God. It is a, it is a testimony of the worth of God. A sacrificing apostolic Pentecostal church is the greatest testimony to the entire world of how worthy our God is. When you give something up for God, it is because He's worth it. That's it. That's it. He's worth it. So let our guests come in. Let some of them think we're crazy. Others will think we're amazing. We're not going to change any of these biblical things that we do. In fact, we will probably become more bold. Because what the world is looking for in the last days is a church that's not ashamed to sacrifice openly, freely, publicly, online, in person. We are not afraid to show what we're willing to pay for Jesus. When you see me pay the great price, you will know how much I think he's worth it. In the name of Jesus, no more fear. No more fear of women looking like women. In the name of Jesus, no more fear of men acting like men. In the name of Jesus, no more fear of what you've got to give up on your Netflix and your TV and your movies to please God. No more fear. No more fear of what people say about you at, at family meetings and at the table uh, during work and school. No more fear in Jesus over our young people who are afraid to stand up from among the crowd and be separate. Uh, we're the people of holiness, uh, and it's a good thing. It's a great thing. We are not going to live in fear. We have found something worth it. We found something worth it. People give their lives to crazy stuff. It's never worth it. We give our lives up for the one true and living God who is truly worth it. I take nothing back for what we do. And if you are newer to our church and you're on the fence of living for God and sacrificing, do not be afraid. Because when you see us give up things for God, let it tell you how great He is. Do not let it scare you away. Watch this. Here's the currency we pay for God's life. He said, you give your own. Does everybody have one? This is not about who can afford it. Oh, that's easier for you to say, Pastor. You, you don't have to pay as much as me. Yes, I do. Every one of us has a life. Therefore, it's the same price for everyone in this room. Nobody gets it easier than anybody else. When you see me give my life and you see me change my life, it should be a testimony that Jesus is worthy of everything we have to give. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I feel this presence today in this place talking right now. I feel like people are making up their mind right now. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. If, if, if this is worth it, then I'm going to do this. I'm going to carry it. I'm going to take it up. This thing I'm going to carry is going to be the evidence of a worthy God. My sacrifice is going to be a testimony to the world that he's a worthy God. When people see me give things up, it's going to be a testimony that my God is worthy of everything. He's worthy of my entire life. No wonder he said, take your cross and carry it around. This is how you show the world the value of God. He's worth suffering over. He's worth suffering over. Don't feel sorry for me. Let's all stand and lift up our hands today. God is going to change somebody's mind, perception today in Jesus' name.
There are people here today that you have, you have been struggling. You've been struggling with fitting into the kingdom. You've been afraid of living a biblical identifying lifestyle. You've been afraid of people say about you or do to you, but I want to tell you right now as a testimony that for me and my house, uh, we have given up things in this world. We have sacrificed the things of the world, and we tell you that he's worth it, and we tell you that he's worth everything you'll ever give up, anything you've got to do to please the Lord and follow the word of God. Do not be afraid. Do not be ashamed. It has been the best decision of my life, and I'm praying that you will make that decision right now in Jesus' name to say yes if you're willing to pay the price church then I want to join you and I want to pay the price just like you thank you Jesus thank you Lord let your spirit talk to us right now Father hallelujah oh it's good to be in your presence thank you for your word today Thank you, God, for your word. Help us, God, to respond to you and the Holy Ghost. Help us, God, to feel after the Spirit right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You know what I feel to do? I feel to call up those of you who have sacrificed a lot of things in this world for God to come up to this front today and begin to worship with me. And let's pray for people who are afraid. If you feel like you've given up things for God and you've sacrificed for God, I want to just come down here and gather at this front, lift up your hands, and I want us to have a big prayer meeting for people who are scared because they're afraid of what will happen, the cost, the price. There are people that are afraid of their family and their jobs that will turn on them, but I want you to come down here, and if you've sacrificed, if you've given things up, come down here and let's begin to pray together for our community, for our friends and loved ones, because there's so many people afraid to stand up for God because they have yet to see how worthy He really is. But in the name of Jesus, I believe we can fight against that and encourage people. I believe we can come in this place today and we can say God is worthy of it. The Word of God is true and right, and we are the people of sacrifice. We're the people of life change and we've got to express it. We've got to share it. This cross is the cost and Jesus is worthy of the price. There's people right now that's going to dedicate their life to the Lord in this place repenting of their sin, turning to Jesus. There's guests here today right now, I know you feel a prick in your heart and you're saying, God, is that you calling to me? Is that you calling out to me? Yes, the Lord is here and yes, the Lord is calling to you. There's some new people today. You feel it inside your heart. The Lord is calling to you saying, search the word, search the Bible, follow the word of God. He's worthy of it. Jesus is worthy of the price that we have to pay. He's worthy, church family. He's worthy, guest. He's worthy of everything you give up from this moment on. Don't count the cost. Find Jesus. Don't count the cost. Sit at his feet. Don't count the cost. Go ahead and take a ride with him. Don't count the cost. Thank you, God, for your grace and mercy. Thank you, God, for your love and your kindness. 
Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. We give it all up, and we're glad to do it. We lose our life, and we gain our lives. We give everything up, and we get you in exchange. What a great trade. We get the life of humanity in exchange for the life of deity. It's a good change. It's a reasonable service. What are you struggling with? Being afraid, giving up. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He's worthy of your sacrifices, church family. Oh, we surrender to you, God. Church family, pray with me right now that our our people out there will not be afraid. Pray that guests will come to church and not be afraid. Would you pray with me right now for our city, our community? There's people afraid of the cost, but we pray in the name of Jesus right now. Let them see our cross and let them see the worth. Let them see the worth of our God. He's worthy of everything we've given up. He's worthy of our dedication, our devotion. I am not ashamed of what I've given up. Oh God, I'll do it again and again because you did it for me. The life of a God for humanity. You think I won't do it for you? You think anything is too great for me? You can have my house and my cars. You can have everything I own, God. You can have my money and my jobs, God. It's all yours. It's all yours. This is my testimony to the goodness of God to the world. Let the people of the world see what you'll give up. That's it, Aspen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for our young people today. Thank you for our young people today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for young people. I see you, Sister Carissa, praying, making your mind up. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not worried about it when people see me in a dress. I'm not ashamed of being an apostolic Pentecostal. I'm not ashamed of being a Bible believer. I'm not ashamed of telling the world who Jesus is. I'm happy to be this. I'm glad to be this. I'm living the best life, the blessed life. That's it. This is good. It's good. What we do is right. What we do is founded in Scripture. What we do is accurate. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. That's it. The Holy Ghost is trying to help somebody get solid right now. The Holy Ghost is trying to help somebody get dedicated again. You didn't know if it was worth it, but I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's worth it being what God has called you to be. It's worth it being in every service. It's worth it when you give up your job and your money to be at church. It's worth it in Jesus' name. Whatever you've got to give up today in this service, I'm telling you, it's so worth it. Oh, I give it up, God. I give it up for you, Jesus. This old world. The way I think, the way I am, I'm happy to give it up, Jesus. That's it. Come on, singers, this time. Go ahead and sing in Jesus' name. Praise God. Shackles. 
you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. It feels good to dedicate our lives to Jesus. Anybody saying he's worth it today? Anybody believe the Lord? No, you believe the Lord is worth it today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's worth it. We surrender everything to him. It's the best choice we've ever made. Best decision we've ever made. Hallelujah. Wow. God is so good. I love the church. I love Jesus. Thank God for what he's done today. I see people praying, rededicating, giving their lives to God. I believe you can be filled with the Holy Ghost easily. Any moment. Renewed in the Holy Ghost. Any moment. Give your life to the Lord. Get baptized in water in Jesus' name. Start today. Start today. It's so worth it. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. If I could just make a mention of something before we dismiss the day and have your attention, this is important. Thank you so much. If someone's praying, just let them quietly pray. Let's watch the children here. Just real quick, when I preach a message like this, I get going fast and I get through my notes, but let me just now do some context, okay? At this church, there are many people who look very spiritual and they've got deep issues in their lives. So do not think that we are spiritual or better than you just because we look like we are spiritual. When people dress a certain way, it is an attempt for them to, to try to be either more of a woman, to be more of a man, to be more dressed up. It does not mean that they are without problems inside their life. When I dress like a man, it's because I'm trying to be one. There's, there may be some tendencies in me that are not very manly at times, and I need to work on that. But that does not mean I'm going to change my outfit, right? So I want all of our guests, new people, to know that, that there are lots of things that you add on to as you study the Bible and you grow that will take you time to find. And some of these things that are outward are not near as important as the inward life that you need to have. I'm not trying to pressure anyone to dress a certain way. If you haven't studied it, you haven't looked it up, you haven't found it in the Bible, then by all means don't worry about it. If you don't feel to do it, take your time and study and look, right? It doesn't bother us one bit if women come in here and they're wearing pants. That doesn't scare us one bit. That is, in fact, a lot of women came in here the first time, wore pants for a long time. It took a lot of Bible studies, a lot of revelation, and then eventually they decided to do it. It doesn't make them more spiritual or better than you, Right? I'll also tell you this, there's lots of things that we do that you don't see, like we pray outside of church that you think wearing a dress is hard. There's a lot harder things we do that you don't even know we do. So, so that's really not that hard compared to the things we give up for God. Don't be afraid of what you find at our church. We're not trying to make you do anything. You don't have to do anything. We're going to teach you. We're going to love you, show you the Bible. Everything we believe is in the Scripture. All these things I'm talking about are not what we made up. They're in the Bible, and I don't have time today to teach all those things. But I just want you to know, be at peace. Work on your spirit. Work on the intentions of your heart, because we don't judge you. If you come in here casual, we don't look down at you because you don't have a suit on. Maybe that's all you can afford. I'm not looking down at you. You might pray five hours a day and wear jogging pants and a t-shirt. Okay? So we're not going to do that at our church. I don't want our guests to feel like that, okay? So if you're new to our church, I'm not trying to pressure you. We don't look down at you. 
This is just a level thing we get to eventually in time. You learn about it, and when you feel like it's God talking to you, see it in the Scriptures, then by all means, go ahead and do it. Add it to your life. But until then, just be you. Worship the Lord. Love Him, okay? We're going to treat you the same no matter what. We're going to love you. So I hope you understand that. We know what we do. We love what we do. But we also know that we didn't get here overnight. It took us time. It took us time. And it's going to take you time. So we give you patience. God gives you patience. And we're going to love you in the process. Now, we are going to be starting some, some, some classes at the new year. We're going to be getting everybody through some great steps and stuff. So be listening for that. Be at church. We're going to try to get you all caught up on the oneness of God and holiness and all those things that are biblical. So if you want explanation, we'll do that. Right now, you've got questions. We've got answers. But that will come in time, all right? Hang around. Enjoy God's presence. Keep coming to church and let God reveal things to you. And let us prove to you that we care about you and we love you. And if you think we're fake, then keep coming in your pants and we'll still love you next week. If you think that we're going to treat you different because you dress different, try us next week. We're going to talk to you. We're going to love you. We're going to pray for you. We don't care. Let God work all that out. Okay? All right. Thank you for letting me clarify. Hey, it's 1248. Guess what that means? Not much. We live in Austin. You're going to be just fine. Amen. If you're still praying for somebody, that's fine. Keep praying. If you're still praying, that's all right. But everybody else... Be blessed in Jesus' name. We love you. We hope that you are bold. We hope that you have faith. We hope that you're going to go in Jesus' name and not be afraid of the price we paid. Let's go live this and shine and be the light to the world. God bless you in Jesus' name. Shake hands. Be friendly. Greet our guests. Let's love each other. Let's.